0: Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D., bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more
1: information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D., Yes, 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 yes. This is Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D., and that is me. Look up in the sky. There is a mystery of a coincidence up there. The sun and the moon are 93 million miles apart, yet appear to us on Earth to be the same size. Remember the solar eclipse. The moon passes in front of the sun, blocking the light, making the daytime into night. The moon is just the right size at just the right distance to act as if it's the same size as the sun. What a coincidence. What? A coincidence? The moon and the sun have been major symbols for generations of human beings, yin and yang, male and female. The coincidence of their same size could be a message to us, like balance our opposites. Pay attention to coincidences. We here are coinciders. We experience meaningful coincidences. We come insiders together, finding the symbols popping up around us. We look through the lenses of synchronicity and find guidance and connections that expand the filters of conventional reality. Sharpen your sensitivity to coincidences. Examine their potential uses and explanations. Read my book, Connecting with Coincidence, and learn how, along with me, coincidences work, synchronicity spoken here. Our guest today is Professor Sir David Spiegelhalter, who is chair of the Winton Center for Risk Evidence Communication at the University of Cambridge, which aims to improve the way that statistical evidence is used by health professionals, patients, lawyers, and judges, the media and policymakers. He advises organizations and government agencies on risk communication and is a regular media commentator on issues, statistical, with a particular focus on communicating uncertainty. He is the author of Sex by Numbers and The Art of Statistics. He works extensively with the media and presented on BBC Four documentaries called Tales You Win, The Science of Chance in the award-winning Climate Change by the Numbers. He was elected fellow of the Royal Society in 2005, knighted in 2014 for services to medical statistics, and was president of the Royal Statistical Society 2017-2018. Welcome to the show, David.
0: Oh, it's a great pleasure to be on it.
1: It's really good to have you. It's really good to have you. I wanna start with why you study
0: coincidences. Oh yeah, that's a really good question. Um, well, I, I have been involved in risk and risk communication and public understanding of risk. And I, 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 the problem with risk is it's all to do with the downside of events. It's always about the bad things that happen. And I see coincidences as being the upside of chance and uncertainty. When good things happen, You know really a surprising good things happen instead of surprising bad things happening to people and That's why I I feel that coincidences are are enormously important in the lives. I love them. I I am fascinated by them Um, But I wonder you know given your intro whether in fact you're going to be pleased to have me on your show Because as the conversation will develop you'll see that I'm you know I'm quite a skeptic about what meaning one should draw from coincidences Yes, I know Uh uh, David Hand has
1: has been on, on the show uh, and Joe Mazer and I've had great communications with them. Um, I, I took probability theory in, in college and got a double A in it. It's very interesting to me. And part of what I think of coincidences being defined as is probability is part of the definition of co- of a coincidence. I want to be able to see if I can get approximations of the probability of coincidences and I don't know uh, the questions I sent you might be too complicated for our for our show but the probability question is very important in my study of coincidences so I'm delighted to have you on the show and listen to the skeptical side of things or let me say the statistical side of things
0: yeah yeah I mean I, I work in the math department at Cambridge which many would say is the best math department in the world and so I'm um, uh, It might seem slightly anomalous maybe to my colleagues that I am so fascinated by coincidences. Uh, we've got a website the Cambridge coincidence collection we've got thousands of websites of coincidences that people have sent in yes and that, and the basic idea there was to collect them and and you know where possible I really love trying to work out what the probability of particular events was now that as we'll, I'm sure we'll come to in our discussion is you know is often very difficult indeed but I yes. I, I have a good go when you know when you can think of a physical mechanism and uh, and and so on I really like trying to do that I, mean, I wouldn't say you could do that with everything at all you know many people ask me and some of them you can like matching birthdays and maybe yeah. chances yeah. of the people meeting in a particular place you could right. go at that but uh, but some of them as you know you know are so bizarre that you yeah. kind of think well you know i'm not going to just I, I just want to sit there in amazement and, and enjoy it
1: well it's it's the it's the bizarre ones and sure. let me try this one on you because uh, <laughs> it goes both ways when the a coincidence seems to have a low probability that seemed that to me is a coincidence that should be looked for, for for some anomalous
0: explanation. Yeah, yes. I mean I I guess as you know the line will be that I am, you know, quite a skeptic. I I I don't believe you know I might as well to come out and say it. I don't well, believe that, it? It? Yeah, okay. I don't believe there's anything going on there. You know, I I yes. really just think yes. I just believe that there's Masses amount of opportunities for bizarre yes. things to happen yes. in our lives. A huge, you know, a, a coincidence. I think of as a, as a, a you know, a surprising concatenation yes. of events yes. into which we tend to uh, ascribe meaning. You know, in yes. other words, the coincidence it, it, it takes is it, not just um, an objective, you know, you know, things happening together. It requires a human input because it, it really yes. depends on the, that it provokes a feeling in us that, yes. wow, of surprise and awe and wonder and yes. possibly, wow, there must be something going on to cause that. And yes. I, I have the surprise and awe and wonder, but I don't get to the stage of thinking there must be something behind
1: that. Yes, and your, your and this general statistical way of thinking about it, in very large pop- populations, weird stuff can happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, again, something we might come back to in a moment. My my thing feeling about coincidences is not when I hear one, I think I, I think, oh, that's amazing. But what I always think of is we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. There are vast numbers of extraordinary coincidences that are happening all the time that we just are not aware of. Yes. And what is that? What are you saying when you say that? Well, I, I suppose I mean, <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll get straight to. We again, we might want to come back to issues of you know what kind of people experience coincidences. And sure I have a lot of. I love the I have long communications. Also, I, I said, please don't email me because I've got enough people I'm talking to. But um, so I, I make an appeal: don't email me. But I, you know, people email say, well, why? Why do I experience all these coincidences? Why do these things keep happening to me? And. Um, And I I just come to the conclusion that they do happen to certain sorts of people. And actually, I like the sort of people they tend to happen to because they tend to happen to people who are um, sensitive and observant and mindful of their situations and aware of what's going on. And so they notice these concatenations of events. And if you're not like that you don't notice them um, I, I've had ones uh, sent in where I don't know somebody says "Oh, I was on a train to London and there was this woman wearing a red coat and I, t- I wandered around London during the day and I saw her twice more in London the same person and I think well that's amazing but I wouldn't have noticed you know I never notice what anyone's wearing you know there's no chance that would have happened to me now the actual event would have happened to, could have happened to me and probably has happened to me endless times that the person i've been sitting next to uh, as I'm on the train to london where i go down at least once a week you know i i've come close to again during the day i mean it's almost inevitable it will have happened but i won't have noticed because i don't notice anything you know that's why i always say coincidences never happen to me because i'm not very mindful and i walk along staring at my shoes and I'm <laughs> you know i I'm, I'm hopeless really i i that's why i'm so in awe of people noticing these things
1: I like I'd like yeah. to send you a paper in which uh, I've looked at the characteristics oh, of, yes, people, yes, of people yes. who see more coincidences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more psychological. Would you like to see that?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would. not But I, I suppose I've just from my own experience, I, I've got a, some conclusion that. And just the fact that people report coincidences that, as I said, could have happened to me in terms of the closeness of the events but I just wouldn't have
1: noticed. Okay, so it's compared to the way you would do it. They they notice them. I mean, that's yep. simple ipso facto. They notice them so they're sensitive to them is that, a way of is a way of saying it. And I think that's a nice very simple way of
0: describing it. But well, what um, it, what it means is that, that you know there's masses of coincidences that could have happened to me and that I just didn't notice. It's so in so, that sense it's not a coincidence in the way we accept it because it requires the human observer to make it into a coincidence. If a tree
1: falls in the forest yeah, and no one exactly. hears
0: it. Yeah. And well, I, I kind of what I that's why I kind of sometimes refer to latent coincidences and manifest coincidences. The latent coincidence is the fact that, um, you know, I, I was on a train and I sat next to my long lost twin brother or something like that and never spoke to them. So I never found out. And the manifest coincidence is if I'd spoken to them and, and, and actually found very out.
1: Very good. <laughs> Very good. We've, we're, coming to the, we're coming to the end of this segment. And your thinking is very clear and coming across to our audience about how, how it goes. And I, I like the simplicity of the way you're able to describe what you're, what you're experiencing. In the next segment, I'm going to be asking you about TV, radio and news coincidences. Oh, that's fine. You're you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest is is Sir David (laughs) Spiegelhalter. welcome back to CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. This is Connecting with Coincidence, and we are talking to Sir David Spiegelhalter, statistician well-known all over the place, especially in England and Europe, and boy, is it fun. So, David, one of the things that that uh, that quid analysis that was reported in the atlantic showed was mm-hmm. um, that connect that uh, the coincidence involving tv radio and the news were fairly prominent i i can do probability on birthdays and vacation mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. and meeting people in transit even mm-hmm. and rent with in-laws but the the tv radio one is an important one because that's highly that that's a very common one in my research and it, it, sometimes it's related to what a person is thinking. They're not just both observables, like red coats. They're observables. I'm thinking something and I hear the song on the radio.
0: Yeah. Well, we banned, well, I won't accept those into our website, into our collection. Ah. No, no, ah. no, no. No, the precognition ones. I was thinking this, and then the music. It always, it's always the music came on, or something like that. that's the usual one. I was thinking of this, and that, or thinking this, and then I saw something. No, 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 no. Bam. Or, no, or I, I have I a, or I have a question, and it's answered
1: right now. It's yeah. not precognition. I have a question, and it's answered by the radio or
0: TV. Yeah, or I, I I don't accept those at all as coincidences. I'm okay, uh, oh. part, partly because they're not falsifiable. There's no way I can prove whether they actually happen.
1: They're not, they're observables. not observables. They're this not. Is-
0: a Observable. They're not based on observable. And also, because, and the other reason, I think, is that the human mind, uh, we know from the you know, development of our understanding of neuroscience that we, we make decisions about things before we think about them. On the, yes. whole. The, 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 conscious, the consciousness of our actions and our thoughts comes after we've thought them. You know, so and after we decided and everything like that. So that that consciousness. is someone who says, "Oh, I was thinking that, and then I heard that." I I just don't believe it necessarily. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you know they're fraudulent or deluded or anything like that. It's just that the way the human mind works. Yeah, I don't think we can put those sorts of things in order. What
1: do you What do you do with the one that I did with someone a couple of weeks ago, where I emailed him, just as he was about to email me.
0: Uh, no, if you had both, if the emails had crossed, I'd have accepted it. Not when, not when it was just an intention to do it. Is it? No, no, no. no because that's, that again, you know, he might think he'll feel after the event, after your email came in, he might think, oh, I was just about to email you.
1: No, he did email me. He, he oh. had, the, I mean, he had the email prepared to send to me. Ah, so it, yeah. was, it, was, okay. it was within a he couple was about of to minutes. was
0: press the button. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually, come on. You, that must have happened loads of times with you when you're having an email correspondence with you. Now, if this is ha- somebody
1: who I haven't been in contact with for months,
0: for months, okay. Now that is quite surprising. I mean, if it, I, we do, if the, if it, if, the, if it's years or months, now that is more surprising. However, so what, do you, what do you do with that one? You, so you oh, well, it I, it think, the, I think I put know, it in like, the weird events category. I'd say, say that's you know that's surprising. That's a bit a bit of a surprise. Was there, you know, and Then I'd start asking. Okay, was there some? Uh, External event that provoked uh, the interest in this is there something that you both had seen, or you know what provoked that correspondence but it, it's like it 's very similar to the you know meeting somebody. You know, when you're on holiday, that you know from home, and you're both yeah, yeah, that's different. I, I meet them, and it's I, I regard this slightly similar because you think, oh well, that's an amazing coincidence. You're both in the same time and place, and you didn't expect to see that person. However, very often in those circumstances, there there there's some other reasons. Probably this is you know it's holiday season. This is the kind of place. Yeah, you I got to that. In, thi- in this instance, I was
1: emailing him about talking with him about coincidences, and he was about to email me. To, to, because his son, who works for NPR, wanted to talk with me about coincidences.
0: Okay, so there's nothing related, no common cause for, no, for, except your, for your correspondences. Except yeah, that's, that's quite good. Now, but how much correspondence do you have? How many emails do you have with people? How many people are you corresponding with, with, with about coincidences? So what I'm saying, I want to know the denominator. You know, I, all the time when I ask this, you know, some event has yeah. happened. All you're doing is telling me this one event has happened. I want to know the number of opportunities there have been for that event to happen. And if you think of all the people you send emails to and all the emails you receive, uh, and the chances that two of them are essentially coming at the same time at some point in a year or something like that is high. Yeah, I mean, it's still a, a surprising event, but actually... And and at the time, it must have been deeply surprising for the two of you. However, if you stand back and think, what's the chance? And this is, I'm sure, other people that you've interviewed have said this, you know, the boring old statistical approach. I don't want to know the chance of this particular event. I want to know the chance of an event like that happening within, say, uh, in a year or two years or 10 years. Yeah, you want to know the base rate. Oh, yeah, the base rate. What is uh, overall, what is the rate at which these this type of event happen. an event of this class would happen. And I, and I email with people about coincidence quite often, as you might yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think while the event itself is extraordinary, you need to think about the number of opportunities. And, and, and you know, it's such, I agree. A, common, it's such I agree. a common thing that, you know, I always just use the example of winning the lottery, which is unbelievably staggeringly unlikely for the individual that won. But when you hear about it on the news, it's not news, it's yawn. You know, so someone won the lottery. Well, you know, good on them. But, you know, they sold a lot of tickets. So the, I think we always need to distinguish between the surprise to the individual to whom the event happened and the surprise to someone who he he- hears about it. Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> yeah.
1: Coincidence, my coincidence is more interesting to me than it is to you. We know yeah. that. One. Yeah. And do, 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 you, one of the questions we had is, do you put a number on surprise? You well, rate surprise?
0: well I, I, on our website, yeah, I try to do it. Is this uh, I just ask people, oh, you know, is this something that happens you regard as something that might, you know, you know, sort of thing that might happen to you once a year or, you know, once every 10 years, once in a lifetime or once in many lifetimes. In other words, you know, and. I, I do this in my head all the time when I, I, something happens and I think, wow, that's the sort of thing I might only experience once a year. That's the sort of thing I might only ex- expect to experience once every 10 years. And then a lot of the ones we get sent in are clearly once in a lifetime experiences that they happened 40 years ago. and People remembered them. Yeah, And, yeah. Them. and some of them uh, are, you know, things that happen to some people are so staggering that I think, well, that's once in, that's the sort of thing you might expect. To only happen to, you know, in a group of 100 people, only one of them would experience like that, that, something like that over their entire lifetime. So the, I, my rough measure of surprise is, the, extraordinary, is, is the, the rate at which they might occur in the population to an individual or even to a group of people.
1: And, and does the intensity of the surprise figure into the probability of the event?
0: Oh I, yes, I, th- I think I think that comes into surprise. Um, well, it wouldn't be the probability. This is the problem with the probability. Do you mean the objective probability of the event, or do you mean? Um, uh, uh, occurring, or do you mean essentially the 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 rate at which these events actually occur to people, which which takes into account their subjective perception. In other words, yeah, how intense the feeling was that they got, how jaw dropping the thing was.
1: And that, uh, at, the, If we step back and look at the probability of a, one of these once in a lifetime coincidences, yeah. we can we can do a base rate analysis, uh, and the surprise is generated out of what seems to be the low probabilities.
0: Would you say that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've got a, we've got a, uh, I think a very natural, it's one of the beautiful things about being human is that we deal very well with uncertainty. None of us knows what's going to happen in our lives. None of us know, um, you know, what's, what the future is going to hold. And we like it that way. You know, there have been good experiments showing that people don't want to know what they're going to be doing next year. They don't want to know what, what they're going to get for Christmas. You know, we have evolved too just as well to live well with uncertainty except some people you know there is a you know clinical psychological condition where people find it extremely difficult to deal with yeah. not What's going to happen in the future? But we like just, surprises. We like surprises. We like surprises. And we become very tuned to them. Now, we may not be good at the mathematical elements of probability, and we're not. Um, humans are very poor at it. Uh, it's a very alien alien way of thinking that was only developed in the 1650s. I mean, incredibly late in science and and, psychology, and technology. And unbelievably late development in mathematics uh, that probability is, considering people have been gambling and everything and soothsaying for donkeys years so um, but I think our intuitive feeling for surprise is extremely well tuned we do realize we go oh wow and we all do that together you know we like we laugh at similar things we go we, we jaw drop at similar things I think it's a beautiful I think it's one of the reasons I love the coincidence area In that I just think it's a beautiful part of the human condition oh my god sorry 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 that sounds like a taxi yeah, that's no, uh,
1: my phone going off. Are uh, the me- uh, is surprise a measure uh, a subjective measure of probability?
0: Uh yes it is. It's a, of unlikely perceived unlikely. unlikeliness, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's perceived unlikeliness, Yes, yes.
1: We yes. have about a minute and a half left in this segment. But what what are the what's a typical books TV radio or news coincidence that you deal with?
0: I, I don't know. What kind of thing do you mean by that? I, I don't I, I'm not sure about radio and TV ones, because, again, we don't the premonition, you know, the precognition ones, we, we don't have enough. Well,
1: I, I'm looking at the results of that quid analysis of your 4000 patients that appeared yeah. in the Atlantic. Yeah. And, right. and, the, and the second highest birthdays was 11 percent and and the media ones were 10 percent. So it was the second most common grouping of coincidence types in that quid analysis.
0: Oh right. Okay. media ones. No, I sorry, I'm surprised at this because I in our when we did our own calculations it's much more the meeting people in odd places and the um you know, and the surprising um in meeting people you knew in odd places and the surprising uh connection you made with strangers was the yeah. Well uh, this, yeah.
1: this the quid analysis was the media with ten percent uh, right behind birthdays eleven percent.
0: Oh no well we yeah, no, no, I'm I'm slightly confused by that because I I that's, don't think that I, I can't no. think of media that, ones. Right, that okay. was that was the yeah. Well, we're coming we coming to the
1: end of this segment, so we'll we'll leave that alone. And yeah, we, okay. I got some, I, I got some other things to be able to, to yeah, ask you yeah. about, uh, but this is cool. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, on the X Zone Broadcast Network, and our guest is Sir David Spiegelhalter. Okay,
0: I'm sorry about that phone.
1: welcome welcome back to cc with bb i'm dr bernie beitman md and this is connecting with coincidence and our guest is david spiegelhalter and we are talking statistics so david uh let's go on to some other ones that i I find interesting for you for 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 you to tell me about how you think about them um one of the one of the most common forms of coincidences um is multiple independent discoveries um, these include the independent formulation of calculus by Isaac Newton, Gottfried Leibniz, mm-hmm. yeah. and others. The 18th century discovery of oxygen by Scheele and Priestley and Lavoisier, and the theory of evolution by Darwin and Wallace. Wallace. And uh, my favorite, my favorite one is uh, is. Uh, February fourteenth, eighteen seventy-six, when representatives of Elisha Gray and Alexander Graham Bell walked into the U.S. Patent Office with uh, patents for the telephone. Uh, how do you how do you think about uh, multiple independent discoveries? Mm, I, I,
0: I don't I don't find those at least uh, the least surprising. You know, having worked in, in you know scientific stuff, you know, I've been publishing papers for years and things like that. The the, the they're just trains of thought that go on and uh, those uh, subjects develop and many people are thinking very similar things at the same time um, and uh, and actually, even in the, you know nowadays, of course, lots of people are communicating. We're more aware of what other people are doing. But even in the past, there's considerable communication between researchers. They say at the time of of Newton and Leibniz, they were communicating You know, there was quite a lot of communication in, around um, Britain and the continent through the Royal Society. So um, you know, there's just uh, for scientific ideas, many people are thinking very similar things all at the same time. So I don't I don't find it at all surprising that. There is, um, uh, you know, that things happen. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, okay. Coming into the patent office on the same day is quite quite extraordinary. But and I don't know enough about the exact history of of of, of the telephone to know you know what the what the story of that development was. But very often people have got some shared knowledge, there's some uh, common background to it for that can explain or, or make it reasonable that these. Things are happening in parallel. I mean, in science now, loads of different groups around the world all working on the same thing at the same time, and somebody and uh, so the announcement, uh, the discovery, in a sense, is likely to come at very similar intervals. Yeah,
1: thinking the same things at the same time. Um, That it's gotten me to think that uh, if I come up with some smart idea, that someone else is also
0: thinking it yeah well i mean I, I, almost certainly um because there's a lot of smart people around, and uh you know the the civil the, the time the time of civilization in the certain pressures you know that many people will be thinking very similar thing i think it's very rare that someone will come up with a completely novel new idea um lots of people uh, come up with similar ideas at the same time because that's what you know the pro- the the progress of whatever subject it is that's being studied or, or business being developed, um, you know, has reached a certain stage, which is common across, uh, you know, across the world. Um, so, and I, and I think, you know, it's the same thing as, well as the mathematicians, Ramanujan and in India, you know, just a lot of people rediscovered mathematics maybe not at the same time, but actually come to the same conclusions, just independently come to uh, these um, uh, conclusions without any right. contact at all. And it's actually, it's quite likely that that will happen you know simultaneously or fairly simultaneously i,
1: I had a, I had a funny one where I, I invented a word called simulpathity, which was <laughs> which was uh, which w- was meant to suggest feeling uh, at the same time at a distance and there are mm. lots of stories of of people reporting having the same feeling as usually a loved one who's going through Mm -hmm. something uh, usually painful Mm -hmm. at a distance Mm -hmm. it's kind of common with twins Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it 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 was it was i made it up Mm -hmm. and i looked it up on the internet in 2014 when i made it up and it wasn't there and then i looked up in 2016 and somebody had made a a video uh of that was titled Simulpathity
0: oh lovely yeah
1: and we were working in Somewhat different areas, uh, you could say they 're the same uh, somehow, but that that struck me uh, it, it wasn't we weren 't working in the same area he wasn 't looking at coincidences he wasn 't even thinking so how do you think about that
0: one yeah that 's quite nice oh, no i like I like that I and mean, there must be many examples of words that people have have essentially vented and other people have invented um i mean it happens with business names all the time it happens with lots of things i've, I've just got <laughs> just got a just got a book coming out with a, a cover and and then we just found another book that's got an almost identical cover <laughs> that was wow. done because we're just thinking so similarly you know and i i i was uh, you know i was a bit surprised but i wasn't that surprised to see it because you know just there's just a, a limited number of options this is a natural choice design choice to make uh, and so people come up with very very similar ideas i think uh, if, the, you know human if, minds do work along very similar ways and it, it's
1: the way you think about it is that human minds are working independently. Is there yep. anything about
0: a group mind that
1: this suggests to you?
0: No, no, I'd need extraordinary evidence. No, I think, you know, twins are, are something special, I think. And so I, I'm not I'm not ruling out the ability for shared thought across a distance. I, I sort of I'm not totally saying that's totally, totally impossible. But I would I, I regard it as fairly extraordinary claim and I would reg- require some pretty strong evidence, evidence for that. And and again, I don't really accept, uh, you know, reports, retrospective reports of simultaneous feelings as being good evidence.
1: Uh, The one that uh, was, that got me started with this is that I was uh, in San Francisco uh, uncontrollably uh, choking. Um, It was 11 uh, p.m. in San Francisco, and I couldn't get whatever it was out of my throat, and then the next day, my brother told me that in Wilmington, Delaware, at 2 a.m., which was 11 p.m. San Francisco time, my father had died choking on blood in his throat.
0: Mm-hmm. That, got my, that got my attention. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's, that is pretty impressive, yes. Yeah. yeah, that is quite extraordinary. But again, I, I kind of think, yeah, hang on, what's going on? You know, what is being posited there? I'm afraid I'm very skeptical about
1: I I try to do the base rate of my choking
0: and the base rate
1: of uh, a person in my father's condition choking on his own blood. I try try to make some estimates. But did you know,
0: I I, I don't want to get, it sounds a bit, you know, sad thing to talk about, but I just wanted, did you know about your father's condition, you know, about what what the risks were to him, what might happen to him? Uh, he 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 had
1: had um, uh, an infection, a man- manilia infection, from right. which he was supposedly recovering. Mm-hmm. Uh, after having had some surgery to put uh, uh, to uh, uh, correct an aneurysm, a hepatic artery aneurysm. So he was not he was not healthy, um, mm-hmm. but he was supposedly on recovery. But wherever whatever it was going on with him, uh, I, I was under the impression that he was getting better. So it, it was something that still happened to him and then mm-hmm. happened to me around the same time. So that, so I had to look at the base rate of my choking, which mm-hmm. I've never choked like that before or since, not that I haven't mm-hmm. coughed mm-hmm. a lot. So my base rate was pretty low. His was could have been higher choking mm-hmm. on something mm-hmm. from his esophagus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no that's a... Because, you know, what can I say? You can't say, well, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to say, yeah, that shows there's some sort of, uh, you know, extraordinary um, uh, you know, communication non- yeah. at the distance of, of something like that? Well, you know, um, that's, that, of course, is an explanation. Uh, another explanation is that there isn't <laughs> and, there isn't uh, yeah it's an extraordinary I, event I, I,
1: it got your attention and telling you that and that's all I, oh, that's yeah. all i really would yeah, hope for yeah, yeah. and yeah. what i found was lots more stories like that and and, and and that's that's one of the things that got me interested and so mm-hmm. that that i just wanted to hear how you thought about it let me let me let me tell you another one cuz i'll have I, this is maybe this can be a little shorter um, you're familiar with the uh, the the novel uh, the um, futility uh, which 14 years before the sinking of the, oh, luxury, yeah, yeah. Of the Titanic yeah, seemed yeah. to describe a lot of the details yeah, of the yeah. Titanic how do you how do you um, oh, I, t- I, I,
0: I wouldn't I don't believe a word of it unless I've seen the novel and have checked everything in it you know uh, these you know stories that oh this is so these events are so similar and things like that um, I, I afraid I haven't seen the other I tend to you know, like, like, you know, the classic story of the girl with the balloon and, you know, picked up a girl with the same name and this sort of thing. There's all sorts of ways in which these get embellished that the coincidences are starting to make closer than they really are and so on. So, no, I can't talk about something un- unless I got absolutely direct the evidence right in front of me. Because I, re- I don't believe secondhand reports of coincidences on the whole. I tend well, to that... not to believe them. I, I, you know, I just, I'm deeply sceptical of anybody who reports somebody else's coincidence. Or yes. that... Yeah, I would need to see that right in front of me.
1: Well, the Titanic is you can look at. Yeah, uh, I mean, because the details of what the Titanic uh, size was and number of lifeboats, the number of people on it Uh, and uh, striking the iceberg in the North Atlantic. Uh, these are all observables that, yeah, uh, can I, be- I,
0: I, well, I haven't seen the book and yeah, it does sound quite amazing. Again, what am I supposed to say? It's amazing. You know, what do you mean this people of premonition of the Titanic? You know, uh, no, no, I don't believe it. You know, and all I can say is I don't believe it. And uh, I, until I can see, I, see the evidence and and i could see the book and you might and i might think oh yeah that really is extraordinary yeah it's not it, amazing you know when you think of the number of events that have happened and you know the number of books that have been written there's going to be stuff amazing things happen you know amazing, uh, amazing it's, happen.
1: it's it's i i love bouncing against your worldview i mean mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's It gives me clarity in the way I think, because I don't want to be particularly fuzzy minded in doing Mm -hmm. this, because I think there's a lot to be gained from the study of coincidences. I've spent a lot of years looking at them, but it's very important to me to hear how you think uh, about how these things might work. And I, I very much appreciate being able to do that. We've, we're coming to the end of this third segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We are talking with Sir David Spiegelhalter. Welcome, welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman MD. Our, our guest today is Sir David Spiegelhalter, and we are talking mean statistics, baby. We are talking <laughs> mean statistics. Yeah, why did yeah. I use the word mean there? I don't know, talking about statistics. Was I having a play on words or something? <laughs> I don't know, but I like, puns are kind of coincidences to me.
0: Uh. Yeah, yeah, I think that's maybe why I love puns. I, I always, I it's <laughs> great, great humor, yeah.
1: And, that, and that's what we just did too, yeah. right? And they come out kind of... Not when I'm planning of it, as a lot of us do it because we, we the single single sentences are just one line things and they don't capture three dimensions. And, and when I'm saying we're talking about mean statistics, we're talking about average statistics and we're talking about a sharp edge on statistics mm-hmm. as we're going on this. It's fun. Uh, um, do you know Magda Osman um, at Queen Mary University, London? No, no, I don't. Well, let me tell you a little bit about how she thinks about coincidences, and I think she's making a valuable contribution. Um, she, th- she thinks that coincidence analysis is the product of rational cognitive processes and are an unavoidable result of our mind searching for causality in reality.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, I, I, this is what I end up talking about all the time. Do you know this wonderful Greek word, apophenia? Sure. So, which is just my favorite word, and I use it all the time, because, um, and this isn't just to do with, so, you know, apophenia means the tendency to find patterns where they don't exist, and yeah. also the tendency to try to find reasons for things where they don't exist, and uh, the, I think this is such an important aspect of our human condition, and often it works very well, um, you know, I, I, tend to concentrate on these these ideas when just general discussing about risks you know why are people anxious about some things why why do how do people interpret deal with risk and uncertainty you know and uh, and so on and um, you know I, I know that you know very often there's a huge human tendency to over interpret signals and to be very unwilling to admit that the things they see in front of them there's essentially no no explanation for for why they're there you know that, that you know, you can call it chance, fate, fortune, whatever you want to call it. But there's no actual causal line of reasoning that we, which can explain why something happened. Why did I win the lottery? Why was, you know, this person survived and this person didn't survive? The Bridge of San Luis Rey is a lovely exposition yeah, of that. Yeah. Whole, that whole analysis of trying to work out. Why something <laughs> happened? Why it didn't? And so, there's well, a would you summarize
1: for our audience what that bridge is, Saint Louis railway? Right oh, it's
0: it's, it's um, you know just a story, a lovely story of a of you know, a bridge that collapses in eighteenth century South America, and uh, I think five people are killed. Yeah. And the whole you know story is about you know somebody else searching for reasons for why those particular people yeah, were, yeah. were were killed, and you know which is to me is an utterly futile um, uh, exercise. Um, because there's sometimes there's just no re- no you know, there's no reason that we know that can that why things happen, but huge human tendency to try to find patterns and causality. We're, we're storytellers. We, we like narratives. We like beginnings, middles, and ends. We like we we like whodunits where the story's wrapped up, you know, where we we've got an explanation. We like thrillers where it's all all resolved. All our films always end up with a resolution and like, you know, in the hour after an hour and a half, it's all the goodies win or not or whatever. But well, usually they do, which of course isn't true in real life. So we love that as humans. Those are the sort of nicely contained stories with a strict narrative arc. With And a reason why things happen a real life just isn't like that and uh, uh, me as a statistician spend my whole time trying uh, often debunking um, not in co- terms of coincidences, but in terms of uh, things people have observed when they've done experiments or Oh, this this is because of X. And so, well, no, I don't know why. You can't say that. You cannot say that just because these two things happen together, one caused the other. The classic you know, correlation is not causation. Yeah. And yet it's a mistake that's made X so much. And I spend half my media career, you know, dumping on people making claims that they shouldn't be making. And so I am extremely sensitized to this, yes. this human condition to try to find narrative stories causality where it doesn't actually exist what about false, what about the false negatives what what not spotting relationships when they are there yes yeah yes of course we can do that we can be blind to things and i and i you know maybe i'm guilty of false negatives in my deep skepticism about um you know, that's what uh, I think action at I a think. distance of things. Yeah, no, I might. It might very well be ca- be the case. But, um, you you're, know, you're you're very good. And that's what I'm saying at, uh, at debunking
1: the false positives. And mm-hmm. what Magda Ab- Osman is arguing is that uh, searching for patterns is essential to our survival. And the cost of not having this ability far outweighs the false path we take ah. when we see patterns
0: that aren't there. Yeah, yeah. I know. As I said, it's a massively beneficial thing that we see patterns that are the 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 that. that, 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 that uh, that we see things that aren't, there. you know, the, the usual thing is the tiger, you know, the tiger that isn't, the tiger and the, you know, the rustling in the bushes. Um, you know, it's much better that we suspect it's a tiger and run away than sit there and work out the chances that it's just the wind and then get eaten. So, you know, the, the, well, that, the, that's that's true. That's survival. But.
1: What she's talking about is that the uh, the analysis for causality and coincidences not only can get us into false positives, thinking things are true when they're not, but they also can have us not see the things that are 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 not are true. That are not, we miss the false we we miss the false negatives. We miss what's there. And what you seem to emphasize much more is is, is debunking the false positive. Yeah, yeah but, co- yeah. but coincidences are also a way she argues yeah, of yeah. finding causal
0: relationships that are there. Oh, well, quite possibly. But you, I mean, this the uh, <laughs> you're talking to the wrong profession because I'm a uh, professional skeptics. That we are, no, we are. That's our job. We're yeah. the essentially the policemen of science. <laughs> we're, we're the. Mi- oh, that's good. That's. Good. Oh no, we that's are. Good. We are the miserable ones. The, we, the, that. The, the, I love the, that. A police. We're the
1: policemen of science. Yeah, okay, yeah. we're the, We're
0: the. We're the misery guts that go around, and when everyone <laughs> says they've claimed they've discovered something, we go mmm, <laughs> no, 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 no. You have And we demand higher and higher, um, you know, know, the the evidence in order to prove something's the case. You know, just like drug regulation, you know, you've got to, in order to get a drug passed by the FDA to be marketed, you've got to do two independent clinical trials, each of which has only got a a one in 20 chance of being a false positive if the drug doesn't work. And so by that time, you know, you know, you've got to do these things. It would be incredibly surprising if the drug didn't work. We demand this incredible level of surprise before we're willing to shift our minds. The Higgs boson, you know, that was required to, in order to declare that, it needed less than one in three million chance that actually this, this event, this, this data was just a false positive. So we, um, we demand very stringent criteria before we're willing to shift our mind from our deeply sceptical initial position. And I'm so, I'm afraid, yeah I'm in of the right, I mean, maybe my personality, you know, what came first, the professional. Yeah, those, who knows? You know, sure knows. I, no, no, statisticians are particular personality types. There's been some analysis, you know, I do believe that there are people who um, are, uh, are, tend to be deeply skeptical of things that are claimed unless there's very good evidence for them. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that.
1: Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I, 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 we need that kind of thinking. Yeah, and, uh, in the coincidence but they,
0: studies, but you're quite right. We need the other sort of thing. We need, you know, people with imagination and ideas and things like. That. We need that as well. So and, and, and and it's you, just it's. What, what, and, what, you, you know, what you've gotten clear to me
1: as the policeman, you do the false positives. That's yeah. your major thing, and yeah. I and I hadn't had that very clear before. We only have about a minute and a half, two minutes left, but I'm interested in uh, your medical uh, stuff, since I'm a psychiatrist and I, I study. Probabilities indirectly in my Mm -hmm. clinic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us some of the, in the short period of time, what you do with medical statistics.
0: Oh, we, we, um, at the moment, I work with psychologists on putting uh, front ends on systems that can. Tell people the future. Well, of course, no, give people probabilities about yes. the future. For yeah. example, you know, if you have got breast cancer and you, get, yeah. you have chemotherapy, what's the chance you'll be alive after 10 years? Yeah. And that's what we get I'm writing computer software that will do that. And it's being used used very widely. And we put the front end on it in order to oh. um, allow people to use it and empower them to make better decisions. And it's all to do with predicting the future, but never predicting what's going to happen. Always. It's Just giving it's people probabilities probabilities. And and because people find probability different, difficult, you've got to be really careful in the way that you do it uh, do we, yeah, just yeah. before we finish have i got time to say the, the, yeah. the, the coincidence that happened to me because they never happened to me because i'm such a miserable git and i stare at the ground <laughs> and, and so never notice anything but i was making a, a, a program about coincidences and i was saying no coincidence never happened to me and i was telling this wonderful coincidence story about which involved at a birthday and i just i couldn't remember the birthday so i made one up and i can't remember what it now but i said something like january the 28th and there's this pause and then the the director The producer on the other end of the line and the sound engineer both said, that's my birthday. Both of them. Both of them said, that's my birthday. So I just made a birthday up and the two, uh, uh, there are three other people on the line and it was the birthday of two of the other people. And they were in the same room and they were completely unaware that they shared a birthday. So that was a really cracking one. And that's one in 135,000. Of, of getting three people with a matching with, um, that two p- other people match a, a birthday that I said.
1: And in my in my way of thinking, that in that pause when you didn't know what to pick, yeah, yeah, exactly. In that in that, I
0: in that pause, that. Yeah. I, I do say that. I'm glad you knew yeah, I would say that. I knew you'd say that. That it came down the line somehow because I really did couldn't. I pulled a birthday yeah, out out of the, out air. Of the air, and th- yeah, those were the yeah.
1: those were the two right around
0: exactly. you. Exactly.
1: And it's, that's that's it's, we call that telepathy, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I, mean, I must say, I was I was slightly dumbstruck, but Good. I'm still not I'm still not shifting.
1: Thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for giving that one. We're come to the end, David. Thank you so very much for being on the show.
0: No a pleasure, a real
1: pleasure. You're, li- you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Doctor. Bernie Biteman MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and we had a great time talking with David Spiegelhalter.